Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. What's up, guys? This is Winston, and this is the Wrestleville Podcast. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Winston, professional wrestler of 12 years from Norwich, England. How are you doing today, sir? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm glad you came on the show today, Winston. I've interviewed some people that you know. I've interviewed the Knights, Soraya and Ricky. I've interviewed Madison Miles. I've also had the opportunity to interview Casey Owens. So I'm very glad that you came on the show as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about your career. Yeah, so I've been wrestling, as you said, for about 12 years now. Um, I started off uh, in a local club, um, local uh, company that is just about five or ten minutes away from me called WAW, um, which is the the Knight Families um, organization. That's um, that's where I kind of got my my start in wrestling. Um, in the time, kind of 12, 12, 13 years ago, there wasn't wrestling has grown a lot since then in the UK. Um, so there wasn't, a, you know, there wasn't a massive amount of wrestling companies around, um, especially in the Norwich area. Um, it's not a particularly kind of busy place. Um, it's not like London or Manchester or anything like that. Um, so I just happened enough that my mum was looking um, for wrestling clubs that I could go to. Um, and it just happened that there was one just just down the road. Um and that turned out to be, yeah, as I said, the Knight Family's um, company, which, uh, you know, that's a great, great place to start because they're very well respected and they have a lot of uh, a lot of experience in the wrestling industry. So that got me off to a good start. Absolutely. You can't ask for better trainers than the Knights. They've been in, in the business for years and years, uh, decades. Yeah, 100 percent. The collective uh, the collective experience between it is it's you know huge they must have you know more than 100 years between all of them so sure you know. yeah because most of their their children wrestle and plus i imagine the people that they associate to you know their friends i mean they've probably been around just as long as they have so yeah you you can almost uh, believe anything they say about professional wrestling right oh 100% they have you know they've had so many different um, opportunities and experiences and because there's so many of them, the family, there's, you know, quite a few people in the family and they've all had different unique experiences and they've traveled um, with, you know, some of the biggest names in wrestling um, in different countries. So, you know, when you bring all that all together um, and you learn from it at the start, like, as you say, how can you not, how can you not gain knowledge from that? So you're you're 26 years old and you've been wrestling professionally for 12 years. That would put you at about 14, about yep. 14 years old. You started training. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. 14. And what was it at at that age? I mean, what was it like for you and why why did you decide to start so young? So it was very it was very daunting. Um being 14 years old and stepping into the wrestling business it's uh you know going into a room of i think there was probably about 50 or 60 wrestlers 
Um, I'd never been in the ring before. You know, I've just, I'd grown up on WWE at the time. I've been watching that since I was five years old. Um, just knowing that was, you know, what I wanted to do. And, I, you know, as I say, my parents found a, a local company for me. So we, we decided to go down and check it out. Um, and it's kind of as soon as I stepped in the door, I was, I've always been quite a fairly big kid for my age. Like I'm six foot eight, 300 pounds now. Um, so I was always, you know, quite large for my age. And as soon as I kind of walked in the door, I kind of got, uh, attached to me straight away and they wanted me to join. Um, so it was a very, a very, it was a daunting experience. Um, especially I wasn't, you know, I was quite a shy kid, um, but when you're learning to take your bumps and, you know, learning to hit the hit the mat and look correctly and all that kind of thing in front of lots of experienced people, um, it takes a lot of guts to get in there. So it took me a little while to warm up. Um, I used to have uh, I used to have to get people to kind of count me in on my bumps because I was quite quite afraid of taking it. You never know what that canvas feels like until you start hitting it um, repetitively. But it took me, I'd probably say it took me a good six or seven months to get to get comfortable um, in trying these things out. But when I did, it kind of, you know, that's when the ball started to roll a little bit for me. So, yeah, I got around it, but it took a little bit of time. You know, I'm, I'm sure the, the Knights have equipped you with everything you need to be successful, right? In the ring, outside of the ring, you know, the business end you know, managing yourself, marketing yourself. What is the one thing that, you know, just automatically comes to your mind that, you know, this is what they told me about professional wrestling? I'd say the, the biggest thing is how to look after myself and protect myself in the ring. Um, you have to know you're going in there with lots of different people. Um, sometimes you might go in with someone who doesn't necessarily speak the same language, someone who's a different body shape to you um, and you don't necessarily get on with everyone but they always taught me to you know you have to be professional you're there to do a job um, and you're there to do good business um, and you have to learn and be able to keep safe in there for yourself and for your opponent so it's about you know it's about going in there knowing that as I just said you can keep yourself safe you can keep your opponent safe um, and the correct methods to do that. So I'd say that's definitely one of the biggest things that I've taken away from uh, being trained with them. You've wrestled in different parts of the world. Uh, tell me some other different countries that you have wrestled in and also too, you know, maybe uh, some of the different styles that you encounter or things you had to learn while you were going into these different countries. Yeah, for sure. So I've um, I've wrestled in nine countries um, as of right now, um, and I'm due to make my 10th later on in the year. So I have traveled. Um, so I've done England, uh, Scotland, uh, Wales. Um, I've wrestled in Germany, uh, Austria, uh, the Netherlands, Canada and Japan. So and then there's and Spain as well. So they're the nine uh nine countries that I've wrestled in and then I'm due to go over to uh, the States and hopefully do something over there this year. Um, my favorite places have been Germany and Japan. Um, they're very Germany, Japan and Canada. I'd say Canada is very um, kind of traditional um, depending, especially depending where you go. So I spent, I spent most of my time on the, uh, the East coast in the Maritimes and they're very, um, 
they like their camp styles of matches they're very storytelling based um you don't have to you know they're not into the, all the high flying and all that kind of stuff they they're there to be told a story um and they like they like that as an audience um you get, do get a lot of wrestling fans over there but because it's not a very kind of heavily populated area um you get a lot of fans who are just there to to have a good time you know see what professional wrestling is about um so that was a really good learning experience for me because it really teaches you how to uh wrestle with the basics but make it very good and very effective japan is kind of completely different they are very they wrestle very strong um it's very fast it's very solid um you know they're not afraid to make connection and hit each other um so it's quite an intense style to go to but again you have to you know the more you travel and the more you work with different people from different countries um you learn to you know be able to adapt as as you go along um cuz you know in professional wrestling you don't have a bunch of time to you know go over what you're doing and you know get to know people which usually you know you'll meet someone for an hour or two and then you have to be able to go in the ring and you know and work to each other's styles and that can be quite a quite a complicated thing to do i don't think people really understand what it is like until you get in there and have to do it you know you obviously you can talk about it but you know when you're in there when you necessarily might not speak the same language or you wrestle different styles or whatever that might be um so japan was a really good one um in terms of you know learning experiences and forcing me to adapt to to how they wrestle over there but also bring what i bring as well um so it's trying to trying to get a good mashup of of different styles so yeah that was a very very important one for me yeah absolutely i've i've talked to other wrestlers who have gone to japan they tell me the the style is very stiff over there yeah absolutely you know, and uh, if you if you're uh, you know if they start laughing, you're in trouble. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That, yeah. That's what that's what I've been told. So. Yeah, yeah, you have to make sure you uh, you know, you work nice and stiff with them as well. They, you know, if if they dish it out, you have to be able to dish it back. Right. Absolutely. We were talking about the WWE and WWE UK uh, came in to the united kingdom how long ago was that was that five or six years ago do you remember what the timeline was on that it was pre-pandemic i want to say it's probably been going for four five years okay. probably say around five years something like that well what was it like when wwe put their uh, wwe uk out in your region of the the world what was that like for you and other wrestlers i think it was it was it really kind of put a stamp on the uk as a very um a very effective and important wrestling scene to to work in um you know when when you have you know nxt opening up they're obviously doing it for a reason um they're obviously doing it because they see potential and they know that they can make good business over here and there's good workers and that people know what they're doing. And there was a lot of, you know, as soon as that door opens, there's a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. There isn't any shortage of uh, good workers in the UK. Everyone's kind of been brought up with good good foundations and we have good trainers and good uh, 
wrestling schools over here. So yeah, I think it um, it for you know it naturally forces people to step up their game. Um, you never know who might be at a show looking at you. You never know when that opportunity might pop up. So yeah, I think it really put a kind of a stamp of approval on uh, on England um, and the UK in general because you know there's an, there's an opportunity on your doorstep. For me as wrestling fans, you know, I'm here in the in the state of Texas of the United States, and you know, there's several promotions throughout my state, but there's tons across the country, and so I can get into. Uh, kind of a bit of a tunnel vision of following, you know, these promotions in my state and then maybe neighboring states or what's going on, you know, in New York or New Jersey or something. But I don't think that there's wrestling happening on the other side of the world because I, you know, I'm not exposed to it. But however, since I've been um, interviewing, uh, some people, the, the Knights and people, you know, some of your friends, I've noticed that, uh, I mean, professional wrestling is alive and well over there. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it went through a, a big down period. Um, and it's definitely, uh, definitely come back strong. It has been hard to, I think, recover for a lot of people from COVID. That was a big kind of spanner in the works. Kind of pre-COVID, things were, I, you know, the wrestling scene was as strong as it's ever been, to be honest. Um, lots of different companies and, uh, as I say, lots of different opportunities coming up for a lot of different people. So I think it's definitely, you know, I think it's one of those... It's a country that is definitely on people's bucket lists in terms of working over here. Um, it's got a good reputation um, and you get a lot of people from, you know, all over the world um, training at the schools and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely uh, in a good place. Yeah, I've, I've uh, watched some matches on uh, EVE On Demand and I've, I recognize some people who wrestle here regularly that I would say are from the United States that, you know, make an appearance over there, you know, so, and even from other countries too. So, yeah, when you you say it's a it's a destination to place to work for for wrestlers, I can definitely see that for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a big thing for us because, um, you know, with me and uh, with me and Madison, you know, being together, and you know, we were back and forth between Canada and England for for two years, um, and there kind of comes a time that you have to be able to settle down in one place because traveling every four months to, to a different country isn't the easiest lifestyle. And to be honest, that was kind of the deciding factor for us is, you know, you need to look at the the two places you're in and what, what country has a bit more of a, you know, solid wrestling scene, where can you get your opportunities? And this is when NXT UK opened up and it kind of, it seems silly to us to not, you know, not be in that place where, where those opportunities are. Now you've had an opportunity or you've had a tryout with NXT UK. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, that was back in 2017. And what was that like for you, Winston? It was very good. It was, it was a very big opportunity for me. Um, it was a very, it was a very sudden. Um, it came kind of out, of out of nowhere. So I had to get myself in the right, I think the most important thing was getting myself in the right place mentally. Um, Cause you know, you go to my tryout was at the um, Manchester arena um, on the, 
the actual setups before they shot TV. Um, and, you know, you're around everyone backstage and that kind of thing. And for me, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, in the correct place in my head to know, you know, I'm there to, to do a job and I'm there to, you know, work hard, improve myself and, you know, show people why I deserve an opportunity. So I got myself sorted for that. And, you know, they, they put you through a lot of drills. Um, it's very hard work. Um, it was good to be inside, you know, a WWE ring and get used to the size of the rings and what it's like to be in, you know, a professional ring. Um, but it was a great learning opportunity. You take so much away from it. You know, it's always, you know, ne- you, you're never in a lose, lose situation. You know, it's, you, it's only positive experiences. Um, you know, they always have your eyes on you. Um, so uh so yeah it was a very a very positive experience to uh to live really and it i think it kind of set me up for a lot of good things in my career um and taught me how to kind of you know hold myself and be professional yeah and i've i've talked to some wrestlers where well i recently talked to somebody who wrestled with mlw and was released and even though things didn't work out the way that he would have liked them to his stock still went up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How can it not? Yeah. And, and, you know, he's like, man, I'm, I'm busier than I've ever been, you know? So sometimes, you know, um, when the door closes, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the line. It's just, you know, maybe adjust your sale a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to learn to adjust and adapt. You know, the wrestling team has changed so much um to what it used to be um and if you can't adapt to it then unfortunately you're just going to sink you know it's that's how it works um and you have to learn how to keep relevant and you know kind of kind of go with the flow and you know you know when you say that you've had a WWE tryout it's all good stuff it's all it's all positive experiences and it kind of puts a bit of credibility behind your name I think yeah, absolutely. Now have you had the opportunity to wrestle on a WWE E UK match? Uh, like not not as of yet. Um okay. still kind of knocking on that door. Um as I say, they kind of when they came over, there was um I think there was a bunch of workers who were kind of at the top of the pile and they kind of quickly swooped those up. Um and then you kind of COVID hit uh and then work, you know, wrestling was very limited, just like it was everywhere else in the world. Um, so it's kind of back in that stage now, just trying to pick that steam back up. So kind of built a really good kind of, uh, a good amount of steam behind me. Um, and then obviously that's stopping, um, and then just trying to pick that up again. So, you know, we will get there. Um, we just got to keep, uh, you know, chipping away at it bit by bit. Yeah, that, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're, you're, a, you're a big wrestler, 300 pounds. You said what? Six, seven, six, eight. Remind yep, yep. me. So, you know, that's a, that is a, that is a good sized dude right there. (laughs) How, uh, how, uh, you know, what kind of competition do you have out there? I mean, are there, are there other guys that you match up well with, with your size of who, who are some of the guys you're wrestling on a regular basis? It's a, it's a really interesting question. Um, I think in the UK, as I say, wrestling has changed a lot. 
Um, and the style that I think fans are interested in, and it seems to be very popular at the moment, is the kind of high-flying style. People people want a lot in a shorter period of time. Um, they want to, you know, people need to be kept on their toes. They want to see lots of moves and flips and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's the kind of style that's really popular at the moment. Now, being a big guy, you know, I'm, I'm agile for a big guy. I can move fast, um, but you'll never get, you know, you'll never get me doing flips and moonsaults and all that kind of stuff because A, I can't do it. <laughs> and B, it's, I'm just not, it's not, what I'm interested in, it's not the wrestling that I grew up on and that's not what I kind of pictured myself doing. So I think it's definitely big man wrestling is, uh, I think it's it's struggling at the moment. Um, I try my best to get myself out there, but it's not, I always grew up and I've always been told like, you know, being six for eight and 300 pounds, you know, that will, that will be an instant advantage for you. It's not necessarily the case. People aren't necessarily after the biggest guy anymore um, because that's not where it is at the moment. There's a few, there's a few big guys on the scene, but I only know of one other person who is the same size as me. And I think he's out kind of the Midlands way. Um, so it isn't too often that I really meet someone the same size or bigger than me. The two, uh, I mean, three guys that I kind of grew up, you know, I learned a lot from actually was wrestling in Canada, um, which was a guy called Brody Steele, um, a guy called Mike Hughes and a guy called Titus um, who are out on the East Coast. Now, Brody Steele, he's been wrestling for 20, 25 years and he's done, he's traveled the whole world. Um very you know knowledgeable and experienced guy um and i learned a lot from him and you know mike and titus as well um and they were the same pretty much the same size as me um so they kind of taught me a lot to what it what it means to be a big man but um there aren't too many big guys anymore um it's definitely one thing i've noticed that's changed along with the the change of style you know growing up when i was watching wrestling uh i did like some of the big wrestlers you know and i liked uh kamala the ugandan giant was one of my uh, favorites king kong yeah. bundy was one of my favorites you know i i i don't know why i you know but if i was to pick a big guy it would be one of those guys right it's just sure. you know and now there's a there's a couple guys that i've been talking to uh congo kong he's out uh -huh. of uh the midwest here uh -huh. and uh bull brunson have you heard of him I haven't heard of him. No. Oh, he actually, there's a, there's a podcast of him on my, on my website okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that is Russellville.com people. So you can go there and <laughs> listen to Bull Brunson. I have one of, I have one of uh, Congo Kong as well. And I, I like, I like watching them and uh, I've seen Congo Kong in, in person and he, he does some uh, ropes, you know, surprisingly he'll jump up the ropes and uh, you know, he's pretty agile for his size too. Uh, but he's, you know, he's got that intimidating style, you know, where he's sure. come out and he'll, you know, throw a table or lift the table, you know, kind of throw, push guys off and stuff like that because he's so big. Right. So he yeah. kind of the bull in the China shop, kind of, yeah. kind of a wrestler, you know, and, but, but he's, he's a good storyteller too. And I think that's what it really boils down to when, you know, when you're 
you're telling a story and you're doing the stuff in the ring that you're doing it with purpose. Uh, you're just not doing it for the sake of doing it because it looks cool. Yeah. You know, it's really got to kind of have some meaning behind it. Right. Yeah. A hundred. I couldn't agree more. And I'm not, you know, uh, this stuff is very, it puts a lot of strain on your body and you have to look after yourself um and you know don't get me wrong there's times where that stuff's great um also times where you don't need to you um you know and working over in canada really taught me that um and working over here on the camps as well it's learning to get the the most out of the smallest amount of stuff you know the smallest amount of moves um you know you don't necessarily have to be jumping off the top rope and doing 450s and all that kind of thing Sometimes you can get the most out of a body slam or a suplex or whatever that is. And I think, you know, the natural reaction from people, I think, is very good. You know, obviously you have your, your diehard, you know, wrestling fans who like that kind of thing. But when you're looking towards more of, you know, the kids and the families and all that kind of stuff, they aren't there to be seeing all of that, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's very impressive and it's great but they're just there to be entertained and see characters. And I think that's what you don't see much anymore is characters. Um, and you don't necessarily get that, that uh, depth of storytelling anymore. Um, and that's the stuff I love about wrestling. Um, it's one of my, one of my favorite reasons why uh, I love working in Germany. Um, Germany's a very kind of, um, there's a company called POW that I work for a lot um, and they love big guys um, and they love storytelling and the crowd loves storytelling and that's what they're there for. So I think it's something that uh, isn't as common anymore, but, but I love that stuff. That's, that's what got me into it. Yeah. And, and you were talking about stuff that works with the, the fans, like certain moves and stuff, but there's nothing like a heel going out in the front row and taking that kid's uh, sign with somebody's yeah. name on it and just, yeah. you know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. no better reaction than that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, you know, um, I think I think today's wrestling kind of, you know, Sometimes we don't know who the good guy is and we don't know who the bad guy is, you know? Yeah. Back when I was watching wrestling, there was, there was no confusion on that at all. Absolutely. And, you know, a, a baby face and a heel, they have, they have jobs. You don't, it doesn't, it's not, it's not who does the coolest move or who the, the fans love the most. The baby face should be the person that the fans love to cheer and they want to see those cool moves from and, you know get hyped up about and that that heel is there to be booed they're not there to sh like you know show off in a heel way but they're not there to do flips and all the cool stuff you know you save that for your baby face because that means that they can really kind of get over with the crowd um but you know as i say you talk that's quite a it's an old school thing um but i think it's a principle that you know has to be held up in every wrestling match people people want someone to cheer for and people want someone to boo for it's it's how you tell a story i was talking to a heel wrestler that from the states who wrestled in south africa and he was being a bad guy like he was supposed to be and somebody in the audience pulled back their jacket and showed him a gun and uh he told oh, no his, way. yeah he said he told his partner he said, uh, uh, we're doing our job too well. 
we need to cut <laughs> it right now. <laughs> and he, and he, so he told his partner what had happened. His partner didn't believe him. He says, you go do it. He went out there, got the same reaction. He goes, yeah, he goes, the, these, this is just a different crowd. This is a yeah, different crowd sure. of people. I've heard, yeah, I've heard that a bit about working over in South Africa. You have to be, uh, have to be careful that they, that's not the first time I've heard one of those stories. I, I uh, spent some time interviewing uh, PJ Black, uh, the uh, giant warrior, uh, Jeff Bearden, who wrestled down there. And, uh, and I've heard this same story from many, many people. Jeff Bearden was wrestling uh, Gama Singh and uh, went down to the ring. Well, to make a long story short, the crowd was so mad at the giant warrior, Jeff Bearden, that they started throwing chairs and throwing chairs and it got really chaotic. And, you know, there was uh, someone tried to set the ring on fire and gunshots and everything. And he went underneath the chairs to kind of shield himself from all the other chairs. Right. Yeah. And somebody uh, started helping him out from the pile and he thought well you know one of the guys in the uh, promotion is helping me thank goodness right and so they're gonna escort me out and they they helped him get the chairs off him and as soon as he stood up he stabbed him right right under his uh like his armpit right here uh wow. near his rib cage and was like just an inch or so from his from his heart oh wow and so you have to be so careful. Like, yeah. you know, it is, it's, it's, a, you know, I love being a heel. I love, it's a great feeling people booing and, you know, not liking you, but it does get to a point there. You have to look after yourself. You have to, you know, it's about protecting yourself and, you know, knowing what situation is good to be in and knowing a situation where, yeah, I need to get out of here because it's not when you have to draw it back a little bit. It's professional yeah. wrestling, people. Yeah. Take yeah. <laughs> it easy. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Winston, where can fans find you on social media? How can people reach out to you and where can they uh, see any videos that you may have online? um so you can go on youtube um and put in winston wrestling i've got some bits on there um kind of in the process of uh a refresh on youtube so um, more content will come up there i've also got a website um winstonwrestling.com um and also on uh instagram um which is at winston wrestling um instagram is my main uh my main source for social media. Um, but yeah, if you go on to go on to there and uh, check Winston wrestling out, um, you can see everything I'm up to um, and everything that's to come. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm, it's been really good getting to know you and I've enjoyed talking wrestling with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invite and it's been, uh, it's been a great time. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. 
the Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume one. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mex Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. Wrestling, Wrestling. Wrestling.